0: We often hear about how important it is to pay off your mortgage ASAP. A lot of the conventional financial advice revolves around paying off all debt, including your mortgage when you can.
1: But is this the best financial option? Sure you might feel good by destroying that debt and completely owning your home, but does it make sense financially? Maybe not always.
0: Welcome to It Doesn't Make Sense, where even when you're doing money
1: wrong, you're still doing it right. Season one is all about digging into debt. Is it a moral failing or can some debt actually be a tool for a better life? We're going to cover all the angles. All right, Sarah, we're talking about all of the considerations related to the financial aspects of paying off your mortgage early because we hear all the time, That paying off your debt early is a guaranteed return but what if you can do this elsewhere have you ever seen a situation where you've actually you'd actually do better without paying off your mortgage early
0: so i refinanced my mortgage in 2021 so if anybody has lived in the was living the u.s in 2020 2021 um, they may know that interest rates plummeted including mortgage interest rates and so As of right now, my mortgage interest rate is actually significantly lower than the interest I'm earning in my savings account, almost half. So it doesn't make sense for me to pay off my mortgage, except for obviously I want to make on-time payments and all of that, but it doesn't make sense for me to put in extra payments because at this rate, I'm literally losing money if I put more into my home than in my savings account.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a really good point too. Um, and when I when I did own a home, because I am happily, I am happily back to being a renter. <laughs> Yay! Uh, subject for another episode. Uh, but I think for me, when I had the mortgage and all the things, putting the extra that I would have put toward paying down my mortgage early was actually better served in the stock market. Like I actually invested more into my retirement account and also my taxable investment account because I was seeing better returns. And even today, if I look back over the period of time that I was investing in this, in stocks and investing in other things, instead of using that extra money to put toward paying down my mortgage early, uh, my returns were so much better.
0: Yeah. And when you're talking about, I think there's there was an argument for people wanting to pay off their mortgage early because it's a form of wealth building, right? You're investing so to speak i'm also wondering out loud too is how accessible is that money whereas if let's say you still owned a home miranda and you were to invest in your home versus investing on in the stock market and you needed to pull cash out um you know that's also another consideration to take right like i mean i'm gonna use a super technical term here everyone cash flow you know <laughs> hey, like, <cash> how flow. <laughs> free i know right how free do you want your cash flow to be. And and on that note, really thinking about other goals that you have too, some other financial goals. Again, it's, it's great to pay off your mortgage, and it's great to feel debt or not feel to be debt free and not to have that kind of weight on your shoulder, so to speak. But there's also other considerations for a home. So a another recent example, I had to completely overhaul my HVAC system, this house is freaking old, and the air handler is over 20 years old. And it was blowing dust into my home. Anyway, it's nasty, right? So I was like, okay, well, I literally have no choice but to replace this freaking thing. I'm not happy about it. It spent way more than I would have wanted to on a on a home maintenance, repair, upgrade, whatever you will. But the amount of money like that I would have paid toward my debt, I wouldn't be able to use it for this HVAC. So it's one of those where I'm like, yeah, I obviously... I do want to be debt free i don't like that feeling like personally i don't like the feeling of having to owe anybody anything really like in terms of money but i also live in florida everyone like it is flipping hot and i do not want to be here in the middle of june sweating like buckets that to me is worth more than paying off my debt early
1: yeah, and I think that makes sense too. And we're talking about cash flow, right? If I do run into a problem, if I need some emergency funds, if I need access to money, all I have to do is sell sell some of my shares, and within you know, depending on you know the settlement times, but within five to seven business days, I have that money in my account. Uh, whereas getting a home equity loan or a home equity line of credit, that's getting another loan, like another major loan. It can take 14 to 30 days to get that money. And so if you are looking at something where you need access to that money quickly, uh, you're, you're hoping to do that, then paying down your mortgage early doesn't really help you. Sure, you've got this equity, but how are you going to access it in a timely manner? And so that makes it a little bit difficult. And then like you mentioned, you, you talked about, you know, other goals, right what if you put everything on hold saving for your kids college going on vacation retirement even because you are like locked in and laser focused on i have to pay off this mortgage early
0: and to add to that really we are very complex human beings we have a lot of goals and a lot of things we want to do right mine is more than just not sweating buckets in (laughs) you know the middle of june right there's other things i want to be able to do with with my money right Uh, i am planning a vacation next several weeks not to say that I can't make an extra payment to mortgage and not be able to pay that vacation, but there are other people in different positions where it's choosing extra mortgage payment or a vacation. And so to me, I think there there's a balance to be had in terms of like putting money away for tomorrow, And having some for today to enjoy with yourself and your
1: family. Yeah. I mean, like, like who wants to be, who wants to be house poor to the point where you're trying to pay off your mortgage early and you don't do anything else fun at all in your life and say like, okay, well, I can start having fun in five, 10 years when I've reached this goal. But what what is the point? Like if you get hit by a car tomorrow, (laughs)
0: like i wasn't gonna go there miranda but you went there. i'm always ready to go there i'm a
1: like like you said i mean you do want to prepare for the future you want to make sure that you are setting money aside i have a friend uh Joe joseph sihai who talked about how he would encourage people to like in their savings account or in their investment accounts put up this money let it grow let it see that yes if something happened and you had to pay off your house you could but go ahead and let it sit there early because let's be honest, people talk about your house being kind of a wealth building tool, but is appreciation what we think it is? <laughs> like, is your home really going to be worth that much? And let's look at that. Let's look at that wealth building tool aspect.
0: While we're at it, do you have some stats you want to throw at us, Miranda? I got throw stats. I got numbers. <laughs> yeah. So from 1991
1: to 2022, so that's almost three decades. That's, that's a little more than three decades, actually. That's like 31 years. Uh, The average annual home price increase has been 4.3% according to the Federal Housing Finance Agency. And we hear all these stories about huge, big appreciation and millions of dollars. But the reality is that, you know, when we're talking about averages across the country a lot of people aren't going to live in those magical places. And since 2000 alone, the average rate has been a little bit higher. It's been 4.7%. And since 2012, this is when it kind of like really gets up. And this is why people really get into the idea. Is it 7.7%, 7.7%, right? And when we look at the S&P 500, the annual returns for that is more like 9.7%. And so people see this, they see this rising average, and they think that this is going to apply to them,
0: but it might not again it's average so it could be significantly higher significantly lower i have heard anecdotally and please correct me if i'm wrong but (laughs) averages aren't exactly the most accurate type of numbers or percentages and so looking at other stats here historically homes in the u.s have only appreciated two to three percent per year on average i mean that's that's great like two to three percent appreciation but compared to other aspects like my gosh, my savings account rate is 4.6%. Not that I'm going to be homeless and shove all my money in a savings account. That's not happening. Hypothetically, if I were to have the equivalent amount in a savings account, I would actually be making more having it sit in a savings account than it is having it sit in a physical structure
1: that is my home. So I decided to take a look at Redfin and look at the year over year home prices. So this is just home prices, not true appreciation. But look at the year over year home prices between July 2022 and July 2023. And you're in Florida, so your prices were up 1.6%. I'm in Idaho. So after seeing a huge ramp up in 2020 to 2021 and 2022, Idaho's were actually down 0.63%. So in that one year period from July, like things really slowed down and we do we go through cycles just like any other portion of the market. Like the housing market's going to go through cycles. So you're not going to see that same appreciation. But once again, if you don't live in the magical land of the West Coast or Florida, if you're not living in this slice of time where things are like increasing dramatically over a short period of time and you're not ready, you know, to sell or you're not ready to capture those gains during those periods, you're not going to see that kind of wealth building appreciation.
0: Two questions. Oh, dear. Actually, two points. Oh, no. Two (laughs) points. Two points. One. Did you not look on Zillow because you were afraid you would go down a black hole
1: of looking at home listings uh, yes yes so I went to Redfin and okay, right. yeah I looked at Redfin but I would love to know what' <laughs> like how Zillow compares because that's the other thing right you can look at these numbers you can look at these increases and they're gonna be different from website to website there is no like magical perfect way to like nail down all of these numbers.
0: My second point on a little bit more serious note is that if you think about, you know, financial aspects in terms of like wealth building, you want to build wealth with your home, it is very subject to the whims of the local, like a hyper local market, right? Hyper local conditions. Florida happens to be pretty wild in terms of home appreciation, home prices, especially depending on where you are in the state. Where I am in the northern part of the state, Home prices are slightly steadier versus Miami, Orlando, Tampa, Fort Lauderdale, all those sort of more well-known or bigger cities, right? And I would argue that even for Idaho, maybe that's the same case where depending on where you're in the state, it it can fluctuate more or less or go down or whatever. Whereas if you were investing in, let's say, the S&P 500 or an ETF or a mutual fund, something that has a bit more of a diversified approach, the growth is typically like steady like steadily going up right like the it may go down right of course stock prices go down but in general the more time you invest in the market the more that you will you will see your returns grow no guarantees with investing it feels like it's a less volatile type of investment compared
1: to a home and we always think of like oh well i have the thing it is something i can touch I have these four walls. I can get to the equity if I have to. It really, once again, depends on when you're going to get to it. And this is true of other types of investing, right? The point here is, yes, you can pay off your home early. You can work really hard to do that. But what are the costs? What are the opportunity costs of that? And then what is the cost when it comes to your personal finance values and the things that you want to do with your life?
0: I know there are some people who suggest locking down a mortgage that's a 15-year term or 10-year term. I think there's different term lengths and that's fine. So my husband is really into wanting to pay off debt as much as possible. I'm sort of pretty neutral about it. And so we compromised on a 15-year term. For us, it was just divine timing that the interest rate was at the lowest that it was for, I don't know, how many decades. Again, my savings account, is higher than like the earnings of my savings account is higher than my my mortgage interest rate, and so that made sense financially because what we are paying for a fifteen year mortgage, like a monthly payment with insurance and and all and taxes, is actually uh, lower than what you would pay for rent now for a two bedroom apartment, and so the numbers just made sense. The emotional aspect made sense. We we looked and of course we compared it to our income, whether or not this is going to be like super like a super big strain on our budget, and it wasn't, and so. Again, there's nothing wrong with paying debt off early, even if it's an emotional decision. But but I do think the numbers need to take into play and other goals need to take into play. So you don't want to be in an unfortunate position where, like you said earlier, Miranda, where you are house poor because you are trying to lock in a a mortgage with a much shorter term because you are, and I'm hypothetically saying you, but but maybe (laughs) some people want to be debt free that much sooner
1: one of the strategies that we hear right is go ahead and get that 30-year mortgage but then make payments as if you've got a 15-year mortgage so you can tackle that a little bit faster i mean you're going to have a little bit of a higher interest rate when you do a 30-year versus a 15-year but at least that way you have flexibility where you're just like okay i can't make these payments anymore now i can dial back without having to worry about going into default but i think uh one more thing before we move on to other experiences. What are some of the costs? Let's say you do pay off the mortgage. Like now you don't have any more costs? All right,
0: going back to my HVAC example, because I don't know why I'm so obsessed with it. Um, that, is a, that is a cost. So if you live in a house for a significant amount of time, there are things that need to be repaired. So for example, my home was built in 1997 and the previous homeowner took really great care of it. But that doesn't mean I don't need things replaced. This is not a common story, but I will share it. What had happened when we had first moved into this home is we have an above ground pool in our yard. Not really sure what happened to it, but it, I call it, it exploded. So there was <laughs> a, I believe, a slow leak where the, the filter was attached to the pool. And so what had happened was, imagine you take a can opener and you just kind of score along the metal wall and then it sort of like peeled open one part of the pool and all like fifteen thousand gallons of water flushes out into the yard behind us so the neighbor's fence or the connecting fence was uh completely destroyed luckily nobody was injured we were not home that day because we were we were just starting to move in and so the neighbors heard an explosion that's what it that's what they were telling us it sounded like an explosion I guess it's what happens when 15,000 gallons of water just start flooding <laughs> um, the area. And so that was our housewarming present from the house. Like, hi, hey, you need a new pool now. <laughs> or like, hey, you know, you need to do repairs. And we had homeowner's insurance, but it's not the easiest thing to do to make a claim. We just bought the policy. I'm um, not going to get too much into that, but we have to pay out of pocket for this pool. So that was a very significant expense in addition to moving costs and all of the things that we had to obviously fork over. So that's one thing. But even without a freak accident of a above ground pool, there's a roof. And depending on where you live in the country, it could be $10,000, it could be Mm $25,000. Depending on the tile, um, you have to maybe replace systems. If you live in a area that is prone to natural disasters, so because I live in Florida, hurricanes are top of mind for a lot of people here. There are people who live in areas that are more susceptible to flooding than others. And so there may be mold that you gotta fix. So there's a lot of kind of those types of considerations. Aside from that, there's also taxes. Taxes also go up every year. That can get expensive and insurance can get expensive. Again, depending on where you live. So those are just a smattering of expenses you gotta pay other than your mortgage.
1: I think that's one of the things that a lot of people don't think about is, you know, taxes, insurance. And that really does kind of slow things down for you and make it difficult to keep up with the cost of the home. And that's going to and that's also going to, you know, cut into your profits, right? Like people are like, Oh, if I sell it 30 years down the road, I can sell it, you know, for $400,000. Well, add up all of the maintenance, the repairs, the insurance that you paid at some point, the taxes, the insurance that you've been paying, all of that stuff, like it's going to go into your costs.
0: Exactly. And so if you do have these costs, again, if you make extra payments, and all of a sudden next month, something happens, and you don't necessarily have that money, you another consideration you have to think about is like, do I to take out a personal loan? Do I need to take out a home equity loan? What are some ways that I can fund this? And so if you, let's say you do take out a personal loan, I don't even know what rates are in 2023, but they're quite high in the US, let's say much higher than they were before. Let's say, let's say 9% is your interest rate for a personal loan. So not only now are you paying for a, let's say $20,000 roof, you're paying 9% in interest for that $20,000 roof. Whereas, if you had money, let's say saved because you set that aside instead of extra payments, maybe you could have had an interest free.
1: I mean, it's it's hard. Like you have to run the numbers and you have to kind of think about this stuff. So we're not the only ones, though, who have some different views about paying off your mortgage early. And so we thought that we'd share some insights from some folks we know. So Sarah, do you want to set us up with what we're going to be listening to? The first snippet is
0: from our friend J.D. Roth. He's the founder of Get Rich Slowly, and he is describing why he never wants to pay off his mortgage.
2: I don't ever want to pay off my mortgage but there's some caveats there and one of them is i managed to get a great rate in august of 2021 basically at the bottom of the mortgage rates i have a 2.625 percent interest rate so why would i ever pay that off that's basically like free money even before we moved into this house we didn't have a mortgage i wished i had one and that was primarily so that i could improve my cash flow in retirement And so for me, the thing that I do that's different is I carry a mortgage and I'm happy to do it.
1: I really like what he talks about there because it really goes back to what we're talking about is, is depending on what your financial goals are, right? Like JD's approach is not gonna be for everybody. JD's idea about this isn't gonna be for everybody. But he really likes the idea of having available cash flow to him. And so being able to do that and being able to say, yeah, I would much rather have a mortgage than have all of this cash gone and tied up into this asset that isn't always the easiest to access. And so I really like that kind of thought process where he said, this works for me. And let's take a step back and say, okay, they're always talking about like the goal is to not have a mortgage. Does it have to be (laughs) like, I know we're not supposed to have a mortgage at some point, but I mean, maybe that shouldn't be the goal.
0: And I really liked how he thought it through. That's his situation and what would give him the most peace of mind, so to speak. And speaking about peace of mind, the other perspective we have is from Andy Hill, and he's the host of the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast. And his perspective is more about the relief or the advantages of actually paying off your mortgage early.
2: It really boiled down to my first experience with home ownership. I bought a house right out of college because I thought it was the smart thing to do with your money, and I barely could afford it. The payments were pretty heavy for me as a 22-year-old, 23-year-old guy, and all of my mortgage, all of the utilities, all of the repairs that went into it, furnishing the home, it seemed to take up the majority of my budget. And then, Over time in Metro Detroit, as I continued to own the home, we had what's called the Great Recession come through. (laughs) And it really hammered our real estate environment here around here. I I bought the house for $200,000. I owed $180,000 on it. I think this was around 2009. And then I had the house Appraised, you know, the value of it at that time was a hundred thousand dollars. So I owed a hundred eighty on it, but it was valued at a hundred. And I just felt this like sort of pit in my stomach of man, I feel completely owned by this home, this thing that I was supposed to buy and you know give me financial freedom and all that good stuff. Ended up feeling like it owned me. So when I got married with my wife a couple of years later. And we talked about buying our next home. I wanted the exact opposite experience. I wanted to feel freedom and pride and ownership instead of feeling owned by my home. So we ended up putting 45% down. It was uh, valued at $350,000 at the time. So I think our mortgage ended up being like $195,000. And I said to my wife, I said, let's, okay, we could buy this house. Let's go for it. But I really want to pay it off fast. I want to pay it off in like five years. And so... She agreed, and we ended up just paying it down aggressively over the next four years and were completely mortgage-free. That freed up so much more cash for us to have fun with, have vacations. We invested more. We gave more. You know, investing, it's fantastic, and we definitely did that as well, but it provides you long-term future benefit. Paying off your mortgage today provides you today benefit. <laughs> you have fewer expenses so that you can enjoy more life today. And I think people can agree with the emotional benefit of having less expenses on your plate every month. And yeah, it's really provided us a lot of great benefits over the last... Now we've been mortgage-free for six years, and I could not see it in the other way.
1: Once again, your values and, and where you place these things... In terms of value or make a huge difference in what you're going to do with your money
0: going back to the example where i have a 15-year mortgage it makes sense for me because it is both an emotional and financial like numbers aspect to this i don't want to pay debt that's not to say that i want to pay off my debt as early as possible but it'd be nice if i'm debt free sooner right and so that, that helped make that decision. And number two, the, the financials made sense. If something were to happen, I have another emergency with my house or I want to save for a vacation. I do have money or savings account specifically set aside for that. I'm not going to be totally, you know, rummaging pennies in my couch to try to pay the mortgage. Like I'm feeling very thankful that that's a position that I'm that I'm currently in. So Miranda, what are the takeaways from this episode? So should we not pay off a mortgage early? Should we pay off a mortgage
1: early? The thing that I love is that this whole podcast and this whole idea here is going to be, it depends. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's the answer we're always going to have. It depends. I think the main takeaway here is it can feel good and be a good choice from a peace of mind standpoint, but it's not always the best financial choice that you can make. Like when you run the numbers, it's not always the best financial choice.
0: Another financial consideration, although I don't know how much it applies to people in 2023, but it really depends on the cost <laughs> of the house, yeah. right? If you are paying, like if you're trying to pay off interest on, on a $500,000 house versus a $10,000 house, maybe it makes sense to like pay off the whole $10,000 and be debt-free and then worry about something else in, in terms of your financial goals. But if $500,000 feels really insurmountable um, and you are living in high cost of living area, then it might make sense to just keep on trucking with your mortgage and hopefully maybe refinance to a lower interest rate whenever that's going to happen
1: the main thing here is to think about your lifestyle preferences look at your financial situation and then look at your goals holistically because a lot of the time we forget that you know we're like oh we have this line of things we're supposed to do like pay off the mortgage and then once you do that you can start investing for retirement and once you're doing that you can save for college for your kids and then once you do that you can save for you know and and we kind of look at it very linearly instead of holistically and saying like okay wait a sec how does this all work together and are there, there some things that i can do at the same time like it doesn't have to be like one thing after another
0: Exactly. And there are tons of calculators out there you can look at in terms of like investment returns or estimated investment returns, how much interest you might pay in your mortgage, if you let's say had a 30 year mortgage, how much interest you would pay and compare the amount you would pay to the amount you would invest it, all those things you can think about as well. Ultimately, money is a emotional decision. Any, any money decision you make is emotional. And so there are sometimes decisions that you make don't make sense from a numbers perspective, but like emotionally feels really good to you and your family, or it can help you sleep better at night and your finances are squared away, then that's, that's totally fine as well. And if you're someone who does want to pay off your mortgage early, and that's something you've decided to do, I would even challenge that before you even make that decision, think about what are some ways that can help you feel emotionally satisfied in terms of paying off your debt. So an example I would offer is maybe putting your mortgage on auto pay. So you know that every month that that payment's taken care of. And that might satisfy you mostly knowing that you are being like, you know, hey, I'm really responsible with my debt. Like I don't have to think about my debt because it's it's on auto pay, I can check my bank account to make sure there's money there, but in terms of thinking about my loan, I don't really have to do that. And if that's a feeling you're after and that can satisfy that,
1: that might be a solution. Yeah, and do you have any tools to help you run the numbers maybe? Like, what's your... Yeah, wow, Brenda wow. funny, you should ask. So one of my
0: favorite tools is called Is It Better to Rent or Buy from the New York Times? And so this is a really great calculator, I think, that shows you a lot of the numbers that we have been talking about. And so this one specifically is talking about should you buy a home? Does it make financial sense to buy a home versus renting? Because that's another debate for many people is if you're just renting, you're throwing away money, right? Like you are building you're building wealth when you... Or equity when you buy a home. And so this calculator really talks about housing costs, right, in terms of like um, your mortgage rate, your down payment. What happens if you invest your down payment instead of putting it in a home, like investing it in the stock market, for example? Like what does the future hold in terms of money? How much are you going to be paying in rent over 10 years over a mortgage? And, And it does factor inflation. So. It's a really interesting calculator to to look at and to think about because there's other costs and another cost we I don't think we talked about either Miranda is closing costs. That's an, mm. that's a that's a that's a fee that you're not really ever gonna get back. Like you can hope you can get it back when you sell your home, but I don't want to say you're throwing away your money, but that is a cost, another cost of buying a home as well.
1: That's a really great calculator to use even before you decide you're gonna buy a house. <laughs> like figure that out. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Next time, we're going to explore whether to invest when you have debt. We talked a little bit about investing earlier in this episode, but next time we're really going to dig in there. Should you pay it off before investing? Should you start when you're still in debt? We're going to run the numbers and once again, explore the emotional realities. Thanks for joining
0: us on It Doesn't Make Sense. The best way to support our nuanced approach to money is to share it with a friend. Subscribe to It Doesn't Make Sense on whatever podcast player you use. For resources and show notes, head to itdoesntmakesense.com. We
1: also accept appreciation in the form of a refreshing beverage via Ko-Fi or coffee, whatever. We don't care. We'll drink it. Just head to ko fi.com slash it doesn't make sense, no apostrophe, and provide us with a fortifying drink.